The energy is high here in Cincinnati. It is homecoming weekend. You know, guys, I would say Cincinnati is an underrated city. And I have a feeling that fans here think that something else is underrated. Tulsa versus Cincinnati tomorrow at Nippert Stadium. What a crowd we have here as College Football Live gets started right now. Welcome to College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. What a crowd we have here in the Queen City, where fans feel like they were royally jobbed in the college football playoff rankings. We will certainly get to that. Welcome into College Football Live, one of the best crowds we have seen on a Friday here. The David best crowd we have seen on a Friday. Desmond. It's not debatable. Hands down, and if this is any type of appetizer for what we have in store for tomorrow, my God, this is going to be epic. Better check them signs. <laughs> hey, Kenley going to get his work cut out for him checking oh, yeah, them yeah, signs yeah. out there. There'll be some clever signs out there. Now. We are so <laughs> thankful to have all of these folks out here for the show today. Lots of Cincinnati content to get to, so let's get right to it, guys. Because Cincinnati opened up as number eight in the polls. It was the Bearcats' highest preseason ranking in program history. They opened the 2020 season 20th in the preseason poll. Cincinnati, however, has rattled off six straight wins by double digits over then number nine Notre Dame, their first road win over a top 10 team in program history. And then on Tuesday, the first college football playoff rankings came out and the Bearcats were ranked sixth. Now that is the highest ranking for a group of five team in the playoff era, but as you can tell, that don't mean anything to the folks who are out here today on College Football Live. Des, I'll start with you. Do you think that the Bearcats deserve to be in the top four right now in the college football playoff rankings? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. I was surprised that they six? Are you kidding me? Look at the AP poll. They were number two. And this is a team that they've been able to do everything asked of them to do. Coming to the 2021 season, they say, okay, you got two power five teams on your schedule. If you guys can beat them, you should be ranked in the top four. They took care of Indiana. They went to South Bend, which is a very tough place to play, and beat Notre Dame, handing the Fighting Irish their only loss of the season. Luke Fickle, Desmond Ritter. I mean, this group is big time. They play great football. Have there been some? Has there been some bumps in the road? Of course, that's going to happen. But are they undefeated? Yes, they are. Because great teams, they find ways to win and get through adversity. So I think they're a top four team. Well, and the bumps are Navy and Tulane. Like yeah. the last two weeks, those are really bad football teams that they hung around with. I thought they should have been at least five. And when I say that. They should be ahead of Ohio State. I know this is the state of Ohio. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> I need to say something bad so I get booed. But when, yeah, when I look yeah. at Ohio State versus them, Ohio State doesn't have a top 10 win. They True. do. Yeah. Ohio State has a loss as well. So They don't. I, I really didn't. Uh, I, I thought they would be ahead of Ohio State. Listen, right. it, it's interesting the way the committee voted, but we knew Alabama was slid right there at two, and everybody wow. was. Wow. And they, and they said there was no doubt yeah. with Alabama at two. So, wow. Which Again, is, which is saying a lot. The committee doesn't care about the rankings previous and what happened. The committee only does their own rankings, and, and it was clear. 
Yeah, yeah, they made a statement. One of the things that they do use to measure it is strength of record, however, and Cincinnati has the sixth strength of record behind Georgia, behind Michigan State, Alabama. But if you look at that metric, guys, they are better than Oregon and Ohio State. How should that metric be used when looking at the games they've played already and the wins they have, David? Well, and 24 of the 28 teams that made the college football playoff were in the top four in strength of record. So it's been a stat that they have used. So right. you would think that would work in Cincinnati's favor right now. Um, I don't know if that will help them down the road because the competition, they're not going to see a lot of great teams down the road, but it's definitely something to consider and you think it would be looked at. And as we talk about style points, how yeah. some teams need style points and right. other teams don't need style points, I right. think most people believe that Cincinnati needs style points Absolutely. in order to convince and impress that committee. I mean, they will because, look, like you said, like moving forward, they don't have a strong record. They don't even play another ranked team the rest of the way. So what's going to help them if they're going to move up in the rankings? It's going to have to be style points starting tomorrow. They're going to have to really put the pedal to the metal. Beat down. Take care of some Smash. teams. Some boot stomp is going to go on in the gridiron because they're going to have to take care of their business. Well, and you know, these fans out here today are yeah. going to make a great home field advantage at Nippert Stadium. Oh, these fans are ready. Look Encouraging Desmond Ritter and company to uh, put the ball in the end zone as often as possible. All right, here is a look at the SEC schedule this week. Hugh Freeze, who coached the Rebels from 2012 to 2016, returns to Oxford as Liberty's head coach. Auburn and Mississippi State both on the road this week. LSU travels to Tuscaloosa to take on the Tide. Alabama has won 41 of its last 42 home games. That one loss... Well, it came at the hands of LSU back in 2019. Now, Alabama ranks second in points per game and offensive efficiency this season. The Crimson Tide converting nearly 60% of their third down, guys. And Alabama has scored 30 points in an FBS record 34 straight games. Meanwhile, LSU has allowed at least 30 points in each of its past three games. That's tied for the second longest streak in program history. So I know that there are going to be fans here in Cincinnati who don't think that highly of what Alabama has done, certainly because it benefits the Cincinnati Bearcats. What have been the keys to Alabama's success this season on offense? Uh, on offense, it's Bryce Young. I mean, they, they've got playmakers, and, and James Williams comes from up the road right there in uh, Ohio State yeah. and Columbus, who's been a, a key contributor. Yep. But Bryce Young's special. I mean, he really is. He started to come into his own. We knew he had a lot of talent, but now just the quick decision-making, the quick feet, the quick processor, getting the ball out of his hands. Um, third down obviously speaks for itself. It's ridiculous, but they've got balance on offense, and that will continue to be a strength of them, you know, moving forward. No, you're 100% right. You say they have balance. I mean, Brian Robinson, the running back, averaging five yards a carry, 100 yards a game, and he adds great balance to an RPO system that makes you now have to defend the run and the pass. And when you have an RPO system and you have Bryce Young running it, at a very high efficient level, the defense just can't be right. No matter what you, where you're guessing, you're going to be wrong. And uh, Bryce Young, like you said, processing things at an incredible pace. And I have a tape tomorrow on game day where I'm going to show just not only how fast he's able to read defenses, but how fast he's able to, to, to flip his hips and get the ball out. Wait. His, his, his hand work is like magic. He's like a magician, I'm telling you. It's incredible. You'll see tomorrow on the tape that I'm going to show you. I was blown away. Like, he gets the ball out of his hands in, like, 2.1 to 2.2 seconds during an RPO, meaning riding. So it's impressive. Well, we mentioned how good they are on third down conversion. Very quickly, yeah. do you see them as the number two team in the nation right now? I, didn't, I was surprised when it, when it came up. I really was. So I, I can't say that I, I see them as the number two team in the nation right now because when that came up Tuesday night, I was like, whoa, Alabama? So you just that, that, you lost to A&M? to a backup quarterback, you guys are like, but the crazy thing is, 
That's right. Maybe you guys should have been number two. It's like you said earlier, how Gary Barter made it seem like it wasn't even a thought. Like, they didn't even blink. It shouldn't like, yeah, be. Of Alabama. It who shouldn't else, be. Why can it be? Why would you put Cincinnati over Alabama? Come yeah. on. <laughs> Get out of here. Are you kidding me? Like, who else? Bama? Oh, just, I mean, Bama? Here. Don't forget, you can catch that SEC rivalry game tomorrow. LSU and number two Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That's at 7. You get a chant going SEC. 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 All right, staying in the SEC, our Goodyear more driven player, and it is Auburn quarterback Bo Nix. Nix's top two passing games of the season have come in his last two games against Ole Miss and Arkansas. And guys, during that span, oh, fire. he has also rushed for three touchdowns. Now, that, again, he's coming on, right? He's been up and down, but it seems like he's starting to find a uh, little bit of a rhythm, if you will, out on the field. He is going up against Zach Calzada tomorrow. Des, how do you size up the matchup between those two quarterbacks? I tell you what, I, I'm really impressed with Bo Nix and what he's been able to do in the second half of the season thus far. I think it's taken a while for him to understand what the expect, expectations were under Brian Harson, but now it seems like he's in the rhythm. They're running the ball very well, but he's making very good decisions with with the ball. I tell you, Calzada, he's been good, but not great the last couple of games. I mean, he's thrown a pick in each game, so it seems like one guy is kind of stagnant, meaning Calzada, no. and uh, Bo Nix is uh, is on the on the rise. It's going to be an interesting game, but Bo Nix has always played differently at home, though. I mean, away than he has at home, so that's the determining factor in this game to meet, Dave. Yeah, and he's fixed that a little bit this year, but Calzada was, was struggle early. Yeah. Bama came out and was in fuego, Crazy. on fire, played his best game, and then since then, he's been Kind of okay. So yeah. I'm interested to see A&M against a good team again. We saw the huge win uh, against Alabama that made everybody in the country happy. Like everybody wanted to see Alabama lose. Uh, they ha he hasn't really backed it up with great performances. Nope. But now you got another opportunity against Auburn because both these teams are still alive in the SEC West. I mean, both of them very much alive. So Auburn wins out. They beat Alabama. They're in the SEC championship game. Okay, but explain this to me because I got this nugget here that says something about when he faces the Aggies. Bo Nix is averaging 122 passing yards per game against Texas A&M, but 230 against every other SEC opponent. Is that just a defensive thing? There's something about their defense that keeps him kind of from being able to go off? Well, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're definitely a good defense. And, and listen, don't. They'll put the ball in his hand and make him throw the football. And Bo Nix, this is a recent thing, by the way. Bo Nix, early in the season, he struggled. He couldn't beat Penn State. Like, I think it'd be a totally different game now if he played Penn State. You saw him play Georgia and play well. His receivers could have played better that game. Since he got benched, that dude's kicked it in another gear. So I expect those numbers to change. Okay. Now, guys, we do want to uh, take a little turn here to a developing story with the number one team in the country. Georgia starting linebacker Adam Anderson has been suspended indefinitely after being accused of raping a woman, sources tell ESPN's Mark Schlebaugh. A 21-year-old woman reported the incident to police last Friday, alleging the rape occurred earlier that morning. Anderson has not been arrested. He has denied the allegation via his attorney. While athens Clark police continue to investigate the matter, Georgia coach Kirby Smart says the team will cooperate fully with all law enforcement and campus protocols. Meanwhile, his attorney has asked the school to reconsider the suspension. All right, still ahead on College Football Live, guys. After being ranked third in the initial college football playoff rankings, should Michigan State be on upset alert tomorrow on the road against Purdue? And 
Oregon is ahead of Ohio State in the rankings, largely based on beating them head-to-head -head in week two. How long can that last? College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings and in part by Allstate. Save money like a champion with Allstate. You're either elite or you're not. This Heisman Update is brought to you by Nissan, premier partner of the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I feel like the fans here think they've got a Heisman candidate under center whoa, for the whoa. Bearcats. Whoa, who are you thinking? Who are you I think thinking? they like Desmond Ritter here. Well, I mean, you know, with the name Desmond, I kind of like that cat, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look at the Heisman update brought to you by Nissan's Michigan State's Kenneth Walker has the second best odds to win the award behind Alabama's Bryce Young. He leads FBS in rush yards per game and yards after contact. He became the first Michigan State player to score five touchdowns in a game when they took on Michigan this past weekend. Walker and number three Michigan State head to unranked Purdue on Saturday, and they better watch out. The Boilermakers have 16 wins as an unranked team versus a top five team. That is most all time, and it is also something that Coach Mel Tucker is well aware of. The Spartans have beat Michigan again. Our focus is, is on Purdue. They're a good football team, and they have a history of beating ranked teams when they're unranked. I have zero tolerance for any type of entitlement, casual attitude, things like that. But that's not going to we don't. We're not doing that. We haven't come this far just to come this far. I mean, if anybody thinks that they're going to roll their helmet out there, they're not going to be going on a trip. We're going to be lean and mean, and whoever can get it done this week, that's who's going. Now, again, this raucous crowd that we have here at Cincinnati would see, like to see nothing more than a team like Michigan State fall. But do you think that Michigan State should be on upset alert, David? I think anytime you have a big win and a big high yeah. um, and a big proving day, it's natural. But the good thing is Mel Tucker's used to this. I mean, he's been, he's been at recently at Georgia with Kirby and them. He's with Alabama. Like, he's played in plenty of big games, and he knows what to tell his guys. But getting your guys focused is another thing. And it's easy to get up for Michigan. We'll see what kind of maturity they have now the next week getting up for Purdue. It is good, at least, as that you know, Purdue has a knack for upsets. Mel can try to bang that drum for him to, yeah. to help him out and try to keep him focused. Exactly. I think that, you know, this season, if you really look at Sparty, they've had a, um, a habit of playing to the level of their competition, though. You know, don't forget, they played Nebraska. Nebraska kind of gift wraps that game for them. Uh, they played Indiana. took a pick six on the road for them to beat the Hoosiers. These are teams that we think that they are much better than. So they're going to have to guard against complacency. You've had a week now of everyone telling you how great you are. You have the Heisman front runner on your team. You guys are number three in the country. Mel's going to have to make sure that he has his guys laser focused for four no quarters. No rat poison. <laughs> 
Right. No yeah. rat poison. That's, That's what Mel's saying. Exactly. Yeah, managing success, one of the toughest things to do in all of sports. 100%. He's in used all of life. To He's used to it, but they might not be used to it. Yep. All, all right, of philosopher life. Pollock over here joining us on College Football Live. Michigan State has won eight straight versus Purdue, for those of you keeping track at home. Let's flash back to week two where Oregon went to Columbus and stunned then number three Ohio State, 35-28. to 28. It was the Ducks' first ever win versus the Buckeyes. They were 0-9 all time before that game. And that is going to bring us to What's Your Beef? Brought to you by Old Trapper. Oregon and Ohio State were both 7-1 this season. The Ducks won that head-to-head meeting, though, and that's going to get a lot of attention as these rankings continue to go week by week. The teams are close in terms of strength of record, but the Buckeyes' strength of schedule, 75th there. That really stands out when you take a look at that graphic there. Ohio State does have a couple top 10 teams on the back end of its schedule, which will certainly help its case for the college football playoff. Ohio State traveling to Nebraska tomorrow. The Buckeyes are still behind Oregon, as you know, in those rankings. What do you need to see, Des, from the Buckeyes if they have a chance to eventually jump the team that beat them earlier this season? Well, we have to see the Buckeyes that we've seen against Akron, against Rutgers, against Maryland. Like, the Buckeyes have gone out there and just kicked some butts and took some names. That's the Buckeyes we need to see. Struggled a week ago at home against a Penn State team that I personally thought they were going to just smash Penn State, especially after Penn State looked the way they did against Illinois in the nine-overtime nine uh, loss. So they're going to have to – I mean, when you talk about style points, I believe that – they're, they're a team that's in the need of style points. They cannot afford to go out there and play a close game against Nebraska. Man, some of these comparisons, we always go, like, I wonder how good they are. I wonder how good they are. They've already beat them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so they're the going to be behind Oregon. If Oregon keeps winning, I right. think there's a good chance they're going to stay behind them. They're going to have – No matter they, what. They gotta, I think no matter what. I do. I do. I think, yeah. I think no matter what – listen, if they have any chance – they need to look like Des says, fantastic. Against Michigan, against Michigan State. Yes, look good against Nebraska, but they better look good against the big teams. Last week against Penn State, like you said, they struggled a little bit. I think you continue to watch their defense. Right. I think we know their offense is, is really, really good. Continue to see if their defense. But I, I just I think we have an interesting thing that we usually don't have between cross conferences. We usually have to go, man, I think Clemson could beat so-and-so. Now you, you kind of know. So it's a tough spot for Ohio State to be in. Yeah, they don't have a signature win yet. They have a no. big loss, but not a signature win. Okay, so on the flip side with Oregon, yep. is the game plan for them to just win? Doesn't have to look pretty, doesn't have to be nice, but just win, win, win. And as long as you keep winning and Ohio State keeps winning, they'll be in front of them at the end of the day? Personally, I think they need to win impressively against the teams that they should win impressively against. Like, you know, what Washington. Playing against Washington, I think they should handle their business against the Huskies. Stanford. They beat Oregon, remember? I know, and all the time. That's outstanding. I'm letting you guys guys take this in. (laughs) Stafford beat Oregon in overtime. This crowd is a very intelligent crowd we have back here. (laughs) They're dialed in. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think they need to. I think think they need style points, too. Because one thing that we all know, they're on the West Coast. And, you know, a lot of these people don't see the games on the West Coast. They don't pay attention like we do. So yeah. they may just look at this final score and be like, oh, that was too close for comfort. They well, must not be that good. Two, two things to keep in mind. The committee talked about when they started its existence, they would take injuries into account. Yeah. You look, at, uh, you look at Oregon, they didn't have a coach that is there on the sidelines every single game. That yeah. He didn't get injured, but he had actually had surgery and couldn't be in the game. So yeah. that made a big difference in that Stanford game. That will come into play, too. 
Um, so I, I think that will be that will be weighed with with Oregon. So I think they, if they run the table, I think Oregon will be in the college football playoff. Oregon, who has not been in the college football playoff since the first year of its existence. What do y'all think? Are they overrated? Ohio State overrated? Yeah, I had a feeling that would be their take. More college football live right after this. You are watching College Football Live. College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. I was probably 12 when I learned to juggle. Me and my brother did a tennis camp, and he could always juggle, and I always wanted to learn, and he taught me, and then I had to be better than him. I had to go through the legs or behind the back. The way I see it, it's like braiding hair. Outside in, that's just the way I look at it. The one thing that impresses people the most is juggling different objects. It's kind of funny to see. Wilson Huber and Majay Sanders, I always juggle tape in the training room, and they're always like, how do you do that? So I've been trying to teach them how to do that as well. Oh, 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 Juggling helps with hand-eye coordination on the field. So when Des throws that jump ball in the end zone, I make Des look good. I'm sure the crowd here loves him and what he and the Bearcats have been able to do this season. So much more on Cincinnati coming up tomorrow on College Game Day, including head coach Luke Fickle, who will be dropping by around 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. He'll Gotta say, they WWE's have been now. rocking here in Cincinnati. Hey, crowd ranking. The Siders game here is strong, too. Crowd ranking. Uh Our first official crowd ranking of the season. Cincinnati's the number one crowd. I got to put them at the top. I got to put them at the top. Like the committee said, no question. No no question. (laughs) We have got a huge show for you tomorrow, college game day, for the first time ever from the Queen City, 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Thanks for having us, guys. Have a good one.